video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when Hello, you watch. my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast. Oh, and it's the spookiest. Wait, what was that? I don't know. It sounded like you're at a party. You're like, I know. That's my wolf party. <laughs> yeah, your teen wolf. <laughs> teen wolf party salute. Teen Wolf 2, the best of the teen <laughs> yes. wolf films. He's boxing. Uh, so, yeah, it's the spookiest month of the year, and we have a bunch of uh, Blu rays and DVDs of horror stuff that's coming out, uh, mostly specifically from Vinegar Syndrome this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, we got a big Vinegar Syndrome haul, so mm-hmm. I guess we can and start with them. Vinegar Syndrome is like edging towards, like, we want to do more kind of mainstream horror stuff. I've actually heard the people yeah. who work there say that, like, because okay. people. We're like, ah, your movies are too weird, man. <laughs> they're very niche. Yeah, so they're like, okay, we'll do more horror stuff. And I think the only issue was that is that like when they're going to the bottom of the barrel to grab stuff, you're like, oh no. I've heard people talk disparagingly about like, ugh, a vinegar syndrome release, and I'm like, how dare you? Yeah, you know, like I I like them because they have the balls to put out these like ridiculously low budget yeah. movies and these great like deluxe collector's editions. Ah, uh, just insanity like, stuff. Like honestly, I haven't even heard of like. 75% of the movies they release until they release Me neither. Them, I know? mean, sometimes they put stuff out like shot, which has yeah, like gotten a very yeah, yeah. tiny VHS release, <laughs> exactly. and that's it. And uh, this week they have Beyond Evil, um, which is a film from the director of Graduation Day, one of their earliest yeah. releases. Yeah. Um, Herb Freed, who sounds like a real um, fun guy, very <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> Beyond Evil is about a haunted house that John Saxon moves into. Love myself I mean, to John it really Saxon. A horror movie of John <laughs> yeah. Saxon, isn't it? That's because John Saxon is going to like take the reins. He's like, yeah, you exactly. fucking ghost. <laughs> the way that he beats up Freddy Krueger in uh, Nightmare on Elm <laughs> yeah, Street exactly. Part 3, the animated skeleton. <laughs> Uh, another slasher, Pledge Night. Um, and this is a weird one because it's actually a 90 slasher, yeah, like 1990. Yeah. And those were like on the, like, the slasher was on the downturn exactly. by that point. Yeah, yeah. Freddy and Jason were both teetering out. It has a great poster of like a hand coming out of a toilet yeah, like a yeah. ghoulie or something <laughs> like that. I do hear there is like a toilet kill. I guess, you yeah. know, those toilet fever, it's like a taboo when you put it exactly on a VHS right. case and you're like, ooh. I know. Uh, also, a Blood Sect, a.k.a. Secta Siniestra, yeah. which is a Spanish film. I love when Vinegar Syndrome like goes into like international cinema, yep. kind of like Mondo Macabro-ish titles. Totally, yeah, which they don't do a ton. I feel like they do kind of focus <clears> on the North American. Yeah, like, well, I think that's what people like react stuff. to. Yeah, They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, nostalgia, because yeah. that's who their audience. I don't think totally. they – I'd be curious to know the numbers of like, are there like 18-year-olds buying a bunch of Vinegar Syndrome releases? I don't know. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. They definitely have – they do sell really well for us, and there's definitely, it is a collector's mentality. Yeah. I don't know if these people are fans of these movies or if they're just buying them to have that. <sighs> I, mean, I don't know. I would love to meet the people who buy every Vinegar Syndrome right? release, no matter though, what it yeah. is. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then they also have, oh, so many this week, The Vineyard, which I've never seen. Me neither. I know of, it's like a pretty big cult. Yeah, James Hong's yeah. Uh, directorial efforts. I know, right? I hear it's like a real whacked out, almost Lucho Fulci-esque zombie movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, we used to have the DVD back when I worked at Eyesore Cinema, and it didn't have the most appealing it was just like Jay Tong and old age makeup. And I'm it's like, been out on hmm. DVD a couple times yeah. now. And it doesn't never really sold well for us in the past. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It didn't look that appealing. Yeah. So I feel like now they've finally given it the package it deserves. What's so. the cover that it has? Is it like, uh, ah, I mean, probably. it's still his like face and stuff. But I feel like they've already <laughs> it like a Jay Tong rule? It up a little bit. He's yeah, like, listen, you know? I need my face exactly. on the cover. People, looks... <laughs> people need that to know it's a Jay Tong product. 
<laughs> um, far more appealing now, though. There's also Mountaintop Motel Massacre. Yeah, that has a great cover. Oh, I mean, that's like a big yeah. famous cover <laughs> totally, of like totally. the woman like looking past the door. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a classic '90s. Um, it can't be shot on video, even though I associate it with like shot on video. I movies. know, right? It just feels like it was. Yeah, I think I'm probably confusing it with like Crazy Fat Ethel or yeah, something like that, which has very similar very covers. <laughs> yeah, um, they I mean, should, they should put that out. Yeah, uh, Vinegar Syndrome doesn't do anything that is in film. That's their rule. So, like, a lot of stuff that okay. AGFA has okay. is because, like, it's VHS stuff. Right. Like, Bleeding Skull and Vinegar Syndrome is like, we're not going to touch that. I've, like, they said that as a rule. I didn't rule. know that was a rule. Yeah. All right. And then um, that's all the Vinegar Syndrome stuff. That's a lot of titles. That's yeah, one, two, so three, four, five. So, they always put out, like, their, they have a haul every month. Yeah. And they always put it out towards the end of the month. So, this stuff was actually due at the end of September mm. uh, and just showed up a little late. And they just kind of released all their titles yeah. in one haul. Because they have, like, a monthly thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you are a eccentric millionaire, you can subscribe exactly. once a year on Vinegar Syndrome to all the releases in the year. Yeah. I would love to meet the person who's like, I have. How much do you think that costs? Two, three grand? Must, right? Yeah. Just and I bl- every release you probably have or... to pay all in one go to like mm-hmm. confirm that you'll receive these things. Exactly, right? Oh, uh, no, it's cool. I mean, then you get the slip covers and stuff, which I know a lot of people care about. But you, you can't know, hear me shrugging my know, shoulders over the podcast. <laughs> people love the slip covers, all right? They're, you know what? I'll say this the Vinegar Syndrome slip covers are very they do nice. A nice. Like, how comes to Frogtown? Yeah. Really cool one. And like, they're embossed. And they also yeah. don't like uh, the problem with like Scream Factory slip covers is they'll like bend when you try to like put the disc in because they're too tight. Yeah. And Vinegar Syndrome slipcovers are more like VHS covers that are oh, meant yeah, to be taken yeah. in and out. Yeah, no, I actually bought the Liquid Sky Blu-ray on their Black Friday sale. Did you? it would come out later, but I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I don't care about slipcovers, but this one... Yeah, this one's cool, yeah. You know what else they do, though? They actually ship your... Uh, I have a friend who gets stuff from them. They ship it out in, like, a film can. Oh, yeah, he paid extra for that, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> to get the film can. That, yeah. Where are you going to put that film can? I, have, no, I mean, he's got a lot of space. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. your friend, like, Mr. Moneybags? He's like, yeah. hello? <laughs> <laughs> he just appreciates the finer things. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? right. He has his butler stack <laughs> yeah. it in the film can room. <laughs> yeah. um, another horror release this month is from Warner Archives, from Beyond the Grave, yeah. an Amicus film. You know, I'm not that familiar with Amicus. I've seen a few of them. Me neither, yeah. I'm not an Amicus aficionado. I know people go crazy for them, like mm. like with Hammer films. Almost, yeah. But, I, um, I mean, there was a box set that was put out by Severin a few yeah. months back, and yeah. people went gagas for yeah, that one as well. Yeah, it was like limited edition, yeah. numbered and everything. Um, this and one looks really fun, though. It has a great know. cover. Yeah. It has a cover that cover. looks like uh, Jeff Lieberman's Squirm, which <laughs> yeah, is great, which yeah, is like yeah, which a is painted skull and like shit. Going all over, it's like a hand coming out of it. I know, right? So uh, yeah, if you're an Amicus yeah. head, or you like just like um, anthology horror films, if people really totally. like, I'm, I'm. We've talked about this a few episodes we, we ago, have, where yeah. I'm like, I don't know, because most of them are going to be crap. I feel like nowadays they're mostly crap. Yeah, I feel like it's a thing now. I'm always just like, like, is there no like producer or is there no producer's hand on these like guiding them? I don't know. It yeah. must be just like go do what you need to do because we're not paying you anything yeah. and we'll just put your short into the movie. Yeah. And it's like no matter what it is, that's what we that's have to do. Yeah. Or it get- feels like filmmakers just don't have enough ideas yeah. for like to stretch out it stretch something out to feature length so yeah. they're like well I've got a few kind of ideas that I mean, can work as like really short and we'll just throw them all together. My friend Peter Kaplowski who uh, programmed Fantastic Fest Shorts um Block yeah. hates when I say this, but man, I do not like shorts. Oh, no, and the reason is anti-short guy. that most filmmakers do not understand that like shorts have to have a certain structure. You mm-hmm. can't just leave it open-ended. Like there's basic questions like why should I care about what I'm watching? Yeah, that people often don't answer when they make their shorts. No, I totally agree with that. I'm not uh, crazy. Like I, 
I can go either way mm-hmm. with shorts, but I I do think a lot of short filmmakers make it as like a calling card film or something yes. where it's like I'm just gonna show off a few like scenes and that's that. Yeah, look how slick it's it like, is. Even if it's ten minutes, even if it's five minutes, there's got to be a beginning, a middle, and an end. There's so got to be. There has to be. So. And oftentimes it's like open ended, and you're like, yeah. what the hell? I know, right? <laughs> you, but the, I think there's this mentality now since there was kind of a wave of these like filmmakers who had like a short on YouTube mm. displayed some like good special effects, you know? Yeah. Like, Fede Alvarez, right? Right. That short. It was I mean, like on that, YouTube, and then it's like now he's like a big Hollywood director. That's the exception like of the that rule. That happened a few times. Yeah, David like, F. Sandberg, Andy Muschietti, I think was kind of the same with. That. Uh, was Andy? Oh yeah, he did because he, he made that a Mama, Mama short. short yeah, that kind of went viral. So it's all these like viral yeah. shorts with like, oh, they have cool special effects yeah. for like a short film. I mean, like David F. Sandberg, the guy yeah, who did totally. Lights, Lights Out, out right? and but if you look at his work, like he is very like um, well rounded and yeah. like a short. Like he still makes like little animated stuff, and little documentaries. He made Shazam as well. Exactly, exactly. And you know what? The Lights Out short is actually really good. And it's less I than thought. a minute. It's less than a minute and it has a beginning, middle, and end. And yeah, that's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. I'm trying to think. There's somebody else that recently got picked up in short. I mean, the guy who I made... Mean, Mike Flanagan even. Mike Flanagan. shorts and stuff. Uh, he did two yeah. feature films that's true. before that's true. he got but to... But he did a bunch of shorts yeah. you can find on YouTube. I was gonna say that the uh, guy who made 10 Cloverfield Lane made a terrible fan film, uh, Portals. I remember hearing... I didn't see it. Don't make fan films! <laughs> Don't do it, please! <laughs> except for David... Uh, except right. for that guy who I can't recall his name for some reason. And I actually really like Ted Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, I thought it was fun. And it's weird that he hasn't made a movie since then. I know. He was right? he was cursed by the Uncharted <laughs> movie because he was on that oh, for a long time. Yeah. And Why the Last Man. Yeah. And like, don't do properties that are... Know, uh, it's awful. But All even... Right. Uh, Neil Blomkamp wasn't didn't he uh, that Halo short or something. That no, Neil uh, Neil Blomkamp. That? Did he do a Halo I he short? Did a that Halo got short fire? that like yeah. Peter Jackson. But he worked like, in special oh, effects. Guy. Yeah, that's right. Because he was going to direct wasn't Halo. That? Yeah. Before he made District Nine. Right. right. I forgot about that's that. What happens. Uh, okay, so you know what? Uh, Mark talked me out yeah. of it. Uh, shorts are great. Everybody shorts are makes great. shorts. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, the last cult item. I'm just blasting through yeah, all these. Leprechaun, the eight film collection. Is this a special edition? I have not no, seen the box. Not. Okay, so <laughs> I just the movies. Be. I yeah. thought it might be because mm. there was, there have been leprechaun. I have a it. lot of leprechaun collections yeah. in the day. They like they but... went all out, and they almost seemed ashamed of calling it a special edition, yeah. like. Because Redshirt Pictures, which is like a big yeah. guy, he does all the special features for Screen Factory and stuff like that, did all the special features for the Leprechaun Blu-ray set that has the first one, the second one, the uh, third one, the fourth one. Uh, back to the back, uh, to the hood, back to the hood, <laughs> and origins. Everything but origins, yeah. because that's actually the disc that was released. Have commentaries on them. Okay. Sometimes the people doing them do not sound like they want to be doing them. <laughs> and every uh, one has a documentary that's twenty to thirty minutes wow. on that movie. Yeah. So okay. well, this set does, does not, not have, have that. All those. <laughs> The big seller for this is that it just includes Leprechaun Returns, yeah. which was the new one that came out. That's right. Uh, maybe people listening are like, I don't like special features. Yeah, well, that, it's a good, it, you know, it's Lionsgate. It's cheap too, out. right? It's just DVD, though. So oh, that's what I thought, Blu-ray. yeah. Because they did put a Blu-ray set out. Yeah, that's before. what yeah, I'm like thinking. Yeah, what you're yeah. talking about. But um, that didn't obviously have mm-hmm. Returns or whatever. So, you know what? It's just the movies. It doesn't seem like there's special features. Yeah. But it's a compact package. If you that's just right. want to, like get all the leprechaun movies and binge them with some friends honestly i was anti-leprechaun for a long time okay to the point that the first one honestly. to the point when yeah. steve kostansky was directing the film i was like leprechaun that's <laughs> the one that you're doing yeah um and 
watching one, two, three, and four, I you know what? I see the appeal. Okay. Like especially one and two. One and two are really fun. Um, especially that one, they went back and reshot violence. I know. And it's very funny and way too violent for the story that's being told. My favorite gimmick too is that Leprechaun is constantly shot and knocked over. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's just like, oh all the time, like a, a Looney Tunes cartoon character. Yeah. At one point in Leprechaun One, his hand pops out of a um drawer and grabs a guy's dick. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. mm, that's great that stuff. That was a great moment. Yeah. <laughs> and the second one, directed by Roman Flender, the guy who made oh, Idle yeah, Hands. Yeah, of course. And it has re- really crazy mythology because the second one is about the leprechaun marry somebody who sneezes three times and nobody says God bless you. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. I've got to get back on this series. Oh, you haven't you know? seen the second one? I've only seen the first one and honestly I wasn't crazy yeah. about it. I, I get like what you're saying. Like I like those violent moments and stuff. Mm-hmm. I felt the tone was kind of weird because of that. It was like yeah. half the time it seemed like it wanted to be a family film and mm. half the time it's like It was made as a family to... film. I know and I was ready reading about that after and I could see that sort of tension and mm-hmm. it it just didn't stick I love with that me. kind of stuff, I know, it though. didn't stick with me as much as I thought it would, but I've been meaning to get back into it. I mean, I want to see yeah. him go into space. I want to see him go to the hood. The space is know. the worst one. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Even though that, like, my friend Adam Thorne would talk about, like, movies that he's seen, and he would explain them in, like, terms that I'm like, that sounds like the greatest movie ever. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, so Leprechaun 4 um, is about, uh, it's like Aliens meets Leprechaun. Also, uh, the Leprechaun gets blown up by the alien guys in the first scene, and then he, like, a guy pees on the Leprechaun ashes, and Leprechaun jumps in his dick, and then later on, he comes out of his dick when they're having sex, and he's like, should've used contraceptives. Wow. And he grows... I mean, yeah, that yeah. sounds great. He grows giant at the end. It's like a KJU film. <laughs> and then he gets blown up, and his hand, like, gives the middle finger in space, as, like everybody nice. laughs in the airlock. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, Doesn't that sound that great? Immediately, yeah. I'm just gonna skip not that to good. that one. Yeah, and... not that good. I okay. love that the leprechaun shows up like five minutes in. He's just on screen, like yeah, doing his yeah. rhymes. Like they're not trying to make him scary in the slight. Even though he looks horrifying. Totally right. <laughs> okay, so as far as classic releases, Action Jackson. Oh man, Action Jackson. Okay, so I love Carl Weathers. Me too. And Action Jackson, when I, I watch it, I'm like, when are they gonna get to the action? So, so you're not a big fan? Uh, I do like it. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend Action Jackson. Yeah. It was done by a stunt guy. Oh, I can't Craig, remember. Craig R. Baxter. I love Craig R. Baxter. Who did Stone Cold, which yeah. was a great Brian Bosworth <laughs> film. Stone Cold's another movie where nothing happens in really? the middle. Uh, it has a great opening and it has big, a great ending. Big fan of Stone Cold. I love I, I love Come it. in Peace, yeah. which is a Craig R. Baxter which is film. Also good, yeah. Great Christmas film that people yeah. don't talk about during the Christmas season. Oh, totally, yeah. Action no, Jackson. He's done a lot of yeah. cool stuff. I think he did a lot of TV movies, like yeah. cheesy TV movies. He was a stunt coordinator. Yeah. He actually did uh, the big predator scene um, where mm. like the first action scene and he's like I want to make the biggest action scene ever he also directed um, Rose Matter remember that Stephen oh, King miniseries you know, I didn't actually see that I <laughs> Me remember neither. yeah I remember seeing his name on a bunch of these things. yeah uh, but Action Jackson I love Carl Weathers yeah like I wish he had gotten more franchises this one didn't do so well yeah um, who's the villain uh, Craig, uh, Craig T. Nelson, Nelson. yeah he's so greasy <laughs> so <laughs> greasy but no I, I agree with you I think it does bog down in the, it starts off really hard. really You're strong like, yeah oh this guy's yeah. you know when the perp gets thrown across Across yeah, the desk and he's like right up in the like the side. Uh, it has Biff plate. from Back to the Future exactly, as the other yeah. cop that's on um, his case. And then yeah, the ending's great. Oh. I mean, the fact doesn't he like he, drive a car? He drives it, a car into a house, yes. up the stairs, yes. down the hallway, so into good the bedroom. And that one has yeah. um, what is a uh, why can't I say, think of her name? Tanya's Island. Uh, Vanity. Vanity. Yeah, it. yeah, that's right. 
really like I think that was you know she mm-hmm. was really strung out around that period. Oh, was she? Too. Yeah, um, and you could kind of tell. But I mean, she's playing a junkie mm. too, right? Okay, so it's kind of a weird. Case Ooh, of, like, that's a little bit uncomfortable. Art imitating yeah. life or whatever. But like, Action but, Jackson's played in Toronto to like great. Yeah. Like, well, that's the thing. I was screenings. just going to say, you know, I watched it for the first time years ago just mm. by myself. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is going to be great. And I, I felt kind of the same way yeah. with you. I watched it with, like, my brother, and we were both, like, really, like, ready Yeah, when are they going to get to the and action? Then, like, yeah, it had a few yeah. moments, but apart from it, I kind of just forgot about yeah. it. Uh, but then I went, so we do tables here for Drunken Cinema mm-hmm. over the review, and uh, the program of that, Serena Whitney, she programmed it maybe about a year ago. A year, now. yeah. And it killed with a crowd. Oh, did it? It was much, much mm, more interesting. I thought. So get a bunch of friends like, together. I kind of want to like buy this Blu-ray because <laughs> it was on Blu-ray before, like, yeah. a while before, just like a perfunctory one. I bought it and then I got rid of it because I just was like, ah. <laughs> and I was like, what did I do that for? Because <laughs> you love Action Jackson. You. Um, and then we have Shazam, the complete live series. This is yeah. like, the, isn't this like the real shitty Shazam I don't know. live yeah. action series? I mean, apparently, it's from the seventies. <laughs> yeah, guess. this is the know. one that like. Even the director, David Sandberg, of the new Shazam would keep sharing clips. He's like, here's a teaser of the trailer. And it'd be like the guy flying and he's yeah. just like on a car stretched out. So it looks like he's in the air. I mean, that sounds appealing to me. Yes. As somebody who doesn't really care about superheroes. Which is almost but. like the camp version of Batman, but not like yeah. it, it, it wants to be camp. But at the same time, it doesn't have the budget to be camp. Because mm. like Batman, the 60s version is so slick. Oh, yeah. And like the um, aesthetic decisions are so like on point. Yep. <laughs> Except for, you know, Cesar Romero's mustache, yeah, I mean, which he refuses to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have a Red Sun from 1971, a DVD yeah, release so only. A, so every once in a while, they just put a DVD out. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, at times they kind of quietly release them, and we don't even get announced. Yeah. But for this one, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's a film that people have wanted for a while. It's never been on DVD. Yeah, Red Sun's actually a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, Toshiro Mufune yeah. and Alain Delon as yeah. a um, samurai and a cowboy, respectively, who yeah. team up. <laughs> no, wait, is it? Yeah, Alain Delon and is, Charles yeah. Bronson. And Charles Bronson's in That's it. That's right. Yeah. Charles Bronson at his most comedic in this film. Okay. He doesn't play the straight guy. He actually plays, because, like, Toshiro Mifune is going to out straight Charles course, Bronson. So he's, like, <laughs> the goofy comedic sidekick. I saw yeah. this years ago and I had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. And I've heard, like, inklings of people being like, it's not good. You don't remember it correctly. But I remember it was just a blast the entire time. Okay, cool. I think maybe people don't expect it to be as comedic as it is mm-hmm. when they watch it. But I think that if you go in and you know that, you'll have yourself a really fun time. Okay. Uh, and then we have Adam's Family, the two-film set. Yeah. Where do you stand on <laughs> Adam's Family 1 and 2? I actually really like the second one a yeah. lot. Yeah. The first one, even as a kid, I was like, it feels too dark. Okay. I don't like that Christopher Lloyd, spoiler, is not actually Uncle Fester yeah. in the context of the first movie. That disturbed me a that lot really in like a weird you. way. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I've kind of always just amalgamated them together. Mm. It's, like one f- it's been a while since I've yeah. actually went and read You're like them. too spooky when for I, me. I know. When I actually think about them, most of my memories do come from the second yeah. one. Like the specific Thanksgiving, memories, the Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, thing yeah. So, yeah, I feel like maybe the second one's just a better film. I think it's but, Uncle It in the first one. I, I think yeah. he's definitely in the second because they have like a party that everybody yeah, shows up yeah, to yeah, yeah. where you get like a bunch of monsters. Barry Sonnefeld is a guy that like, I wish I loved his movies more. I know. I mean, I love Men in Black. Oh, uh, really? I've seen I Men in Black in ages. Or do you love Men in Black or do you love of um, his the main performance of the villain by uh, Vincent, D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, yeah. I love everything about Men in Black. Really, I haven't watched that movie. Nate, I watch it. I mean, all the yeah. time as a kid. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it was just a favorite of mine mm. as a kid. I could feel like I could recite that movie from beginning yeah. to end. But I agree. But apart from that film, Get Shorty is okay. Shorty. Well, Get Shorty, I liked when I was younger, and mm-hmm. I rewatched it maybe a year or yeah. two ago. The Show Factory put it. Yeah. On, right? 
and it didn't hold up for me. Like, I thought it was that really... Sometimes 90s comedy just yeah. doesn't hold. Barry Sonnefeld has an interview. I think it's on the... Um, Miller's Crossing disc, okay. where he talks about that right. early on in his career, he wanted to be like, look at me, show offy. And then uh, as he moved into his career, he's like, oh, I don't need to do that anymore. It's like, no, do yeah, that. That's yeah, what you're yeah, good yeah. at. He's a cinematographer on um, Three O'Clock High. Yeah. And that movie's absolutely. bananas. Like, yeah. I love, he might as well have directed Three well, O'Clock High because right? it feels like he did. Yeah. Um, and that's what if people haven't checked out. It doesn't get talked about enough. I know, I know. Um, and it's a lot of, and Scream Fa Shell Factory Scream put Factory out a special edition of, yep. of it. Uh, I, I mean, I like Adam Fair Family values a lot. We actually mm -hmm. did a screening of it when we used to do kids' film at the oh, Royal, yeah, yeah. and like a lot of people showed up for it That's because cool, yeah. yeah, it's a fun one, and I think it's one that because it's a sequel, it's kind of maligned. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know what? Maybe I need to revisit Adam Family. Maybe well, it's a good set too if you mm -hmm. just want like it's a really cheap price for like yeah. both of those films. So and it's yeah. uh, there's a new one coming out, an yeah, animated yeah, film this Friday. Clearly, that's why they're yep. putting this out. Uh, but <laughs> oh, oh, I'm shocked you put this on the list. Yu-Gi-Oh! The movie. <laughs> what, what, have what? you seen Yu-Gi-Oh? No, what okay, Yu-Gi-Oh! material do you have to uh, share uh, with nothing. us? Nothing. They're card players. This is like past I mean, I like Pokemon a lot, but this is very Yu-Gi-Oh! came like, I could have maybe gotten into it, but I think I was a little too old. Yeah, same like, here. Yeah, like I was aware of it, and I'm aware yeah. of its popularity, but it's one that people don't really talk about. No, I it's, know. It's and like between uh, Pokemon and Naruto, which people love, yeah. there was yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. I know. And, and Beyblades, which is like they fight with the tops. Yeah. <laughs> And I hear this movie's not very good. And I, I don't know. Like, you look it up on IMDb, it's got yeah. like a 20 meta yeah. score or something. I'm like, well, maybe it's just not Yu-Gi-Oh fans that are... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the we're trying to build -Oh our anime fans. section here, mm. and then this came out. You know what? Like, Yu-Gi-Oh is a property. Let's, Did you see Pokemon theatrically? The uh, uh, you Secret know, of Mewtwo or whatever? It. I never saw it theatrically. I don't know why, because I was, like, obsessed with Pokemon. Didn't I you saw want that it, card? I, well, the the no, card they gave I out know, of the theater? I know, I know, I <laughs> know. I saw it on DVD, like as mm, soon as it came yeah. out. Um, I don't think I've ever like the, yeah. played Pokemon properly, like really? the card game. Yeah, did you guys used to play on the? Um, uh, once, yeah, once or twice. It's more fun to just have them. Yeah, just like lay them out and be like. It's oh, like overpower this is cards. My collection of Pokemon, and then trade them. Yeah. With people. Did the kids ever go through um, the overpower uh, phase, which is the Marvel characters? <laughs> no. Or Magic the Gathering? That was big Magic, on the playground. Yeah, yeah. I, had a I did who, play that. I had a friend who was really into Magic the Gathering, but I never got into it myself. Yeah, it looks complicated it when looks you look. Really it, yeah. <laughs> uh, all about pogs crying pogs when somebody wins your yeah, pogs. Yeah, you know what? Pogs are where it's at. <laughs> I like keeping it simple. Uh, Slam. Crazy bones. <laughs> oh, I love crazy bones. Did you? Yes. I had the crazy, crazy. bone set. Nobody Me else too. did, so I no, couldn't I had, play with nah, anybody. I should have linked up. I had it too. I got it as a birthday gift. I was so happy, and then it was like the same thing. I look around. Like, no, <laughs> nobody no. has crazy bones. They're Don't so you guys expensive. know what crazy bones are? <laughs> the uh, the word crazy and bones are in the can't, title. Can't How could it get any better? Um. So, speaking of crazy, Robin Williams' comedic genius box set. Yeah, this is a huge set. That's like 16 discs. <laughs> if you got a Robin Williams fan in your life, you know, Christmas is coming up. How many uh, stand-up specials did he did? Oh, my God. I don't know. He did a ton. I mean, there's the big ones that yeah. like, we know. You we know, had that one movie. at my dad's house. We watched it all the time. And yeah. it was just like... As a kid, I, I didn't get any of the jokes that he was making, but he got so sweaty and he was so like energetic and yeah. coked up oh, that yeah. like, especially the sixteen <laughs> uh, set box set. I know you could definitely go through that oh, period. Man. I, I feel mean, it's like nice, yeah. Time Life puts out mm -hmm. you know these like big sets every once in a while. I, I, like, I feel like the jokes probably may not stand up to scrutiny yeah, uh, now, but that energy, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm Robert Williams. Here we go. Stand up comedy. Yeah. <laughs> probably <laughs> if it's if life. it's that big, it probably goes like into the seventies. Exactly. Yeah. And then probably right up until uh, yeah. have they put out a George Carlin box set? They did actually. Oh, we should have gotten 
Matt. had a George Carlin set. I don't know if we have it anymore. We could definitely mm-hmm. order it back in because it was expensive, but it yeah. was like all of his stuff. Oh, man, that's why I put it out. Or I love really nice. George Carlin. Yeah, well, he's like one guy that actually like, you know, yeah. stands up. You know, his comedy just like transcends time. Did you ever see um, oh, the... Um, SCTV parody of uh, George Carlin that was like Rick Moranis no, doing like I such did. an on point George Carlin. Oh, I don't remember exactly what he says, but it's like, it's something like apricot. Apricot. <laughs> Isn't that a weird word? <laughs> and George Carlin supposedly saw it and had to rethink his whole act what? after he saw like Rick Moranis. Like, do, you know, Rick Moranis is one of those guys that I feel doesn't get enough respect oh, as far Rick as Moranis, like yeah. beyond his nerd character, yeah. which is what he did in feature films. Yep. Like as an imitator and like he, just as an actor, he could do anything. <laughs> oh, man, he's Canadian treasure. Really. Yeah. I see him in Streets of Fire where he plays oh, a sleazy God. manager yeah, of. Uh, <laughs> if you ever, or if you ever heard the podcast interview with him on The Nerdist, no. like. He sounds like this now. Like it's okay. like, is that Rick Moranis or is this some other guy who's like, yes, I am is Rick he Moranis? Deliberately affecting his voice. <laughs> no, supposedly like that's how he sounds in real life. Okay, but you know he sounds like this and like little yeah, shop of horrors movie, and right? Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, primary colors from primary. Universal. Did you ever see this movie? Is this the Mike Nichols <laughs> Mike one? Mike Nichols, yeah. Oh yeah. God, Mike the Nichols. Vague like Bill Clinton. Yeah. You know? uh, isn't it John Travolta? So it's yeah. right up your alley, so right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know what? I never actually saw this film though. My mm. parents loved it. I feel like it was oh, like, that is a nineties like for boomer like thing. 90s parents. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there have been, you know, customers who bought it mm. that have like really loved it at the time. And I remember it was really well received at the time. Didn't you, it get some Oscar nominations? Do you have primary colors and Ed and <laughs> the American president? That was like a nineties wave was, where it's like everything's yeah. good, right? As long as you're white and middle class. Exactly, right? So I don't know how well it holds. Mike up Nichols anymore. is a guy that like I love uh his first three films. So that Too yeah. Afraid of Virginia yeah. Wolf, The Graduate, and Catch Twenty Two, which yeah. Catch Twenty Two is bananas if you haven't seen it. Yeah. And then it's like people were telling him, You're too crazy calm down and then he never really kind of recovered from yeah, that it, it's again that Barry Sonnefeld this is the theme of this episode know, right? of like someone who's like really wild and then they're like okay let's just calm let's down I want to be that. taken seriously because even Wolf but he's funny you I know, know like, I he can be know. so funny and you got it like yeah. Wolf is a movie that should be hilarious yeah. and it's just uh, like even though it ends with Jack Nicholson and James Spader as wolves like doing wire work and fighting with each other. <laughs> yeah, it's still somehow not. Fun. Not yet. It's like it should be funnier than this. Also, right. Jack Nicholson should wolf out into a full wolf. Exactly. And he does. You got Rick Baker doing the special effects. I know. Missed opportunity. Oh well. Mike Nichols, Catch Twenty yeah. Two. Yeah. It's one that people don't yeah. watch enough. Because we did, we talked about Biloxi Blues a couple. Of yeah, we did. There's like a Mike Nichols like <laughs> wave coming out. Then, yeah. I think Day of the Dolphin came out a few weeks ago as well. And that is the nadir of Mike Nichols' film. Yeah, Yeah. nobody talks about that. Uh, The one about, and again, George C. Scott training dolphins to be assassins. It should be the greatest movie ever made. What went wrong? Yep. Um, so as far as new stuff goes, Annabelle Comes Home, a part yep. of the Conjuring verse. Uh, I watched Annabelle Comes Home a few weeks ago being like, eh, another Annabelle movie. I watched the last one just because David F. Sandberg directed it. Right. A lot of David F. Sandberg got yeah, talked this what week. The, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> listen, I've been watching his YouTube videos yeah, sure. and Shazam, and I really want to listen to his commentary on Shazam, but i got to buy the iTunes version to get that? What is <laughs> that bullshit? <laughs> yep. yeah. um, and Annabelle Comes Home is actually from the, from the writer of a bunch of those 
like mm-hmm. um, Blumhouse co- Conjuring films. And he does something really fun, which is that it's essentially like Adventures in Babysitting, but with monsters. Okay. Done in the style of The Conjuring. Uh, the premise is that Patrick Wilson and Vera Farigma, I can't say her last name, I'm sorry, uh, they bring Annabelle to their house and they put it in like the displays where they yeah. have all the spooky stuff. It actually has a really fun like prologue where like the car breaks down by a cemetery and there's like a bunch of ghosts that show up and they put uh, Annabelle in the case and are like, all right, we're going to go on some other adventure. <laughs> you kids and the babysitter and her best friend who are staying here, don't make any trouble. <laughs> Guess what happens? Annabelle escapes and instead of just um, kind of torturing them, she brings all the other monsters to life. So like there's an evil TV, nice. there's a ghost samurai, there's a werewolf that shows uh, okay. up. Yeah. So like bringing their yeah. fears to if life. They called it like Annabelle Monster Party. Yeah. I would have been like, gotta see this movie. Yeah. Annabelle Comes Home doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah so. title. Yeah, I just pa- I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. It's kind of passed because I yeah. I wasn't that big a fan of creation, so I kind of yeah. yeah. And you know the thing is, I don't want to talk it up too much because right, it is still right. in the same style. Right. Okay. It's actually a good kids film because uh, spoiler, I don't think anybody dies in it. Okay. Which is kind of like sure. refreshing yeah. with these kind of movies. Yeah. Right. So it's just kind of like spooks and it's very like suspiria. There's like a bunch of crazy colors and like fun gags mm-hmm. and it's a lot of like we gotta do this to do this. Very Hong Kong idea okay, of cool, like supernatural, cool. which I really enjoy. Uh, I mean. Speaking of horror films, but not really, we have always lived in the castle. Yeah, Shirley Jackson adaptation. A very um, weird Shirley Jackson book to I adapt. Love, yeah. Have I you read this. the book? I have, yeah, yeah. I yeah. really like the book. Because um, it's a book I mean, where it's all first person. Yeah, you know, and like, not much un- happens in it. Unreliable narrator yeah. to the extreme. Not much happens, but yeah, just about this girl narrating this mm-hmm. story about her and her sister. Yeah. Their parents pass house. away. Par- so they live alone in this mm-hmm. big house and nobody in the town really knows. And they. It's really. Fa- and then as, you know, she continues to speak, kind of secrets come out. You yeah. start to realize that she's not really the reliable narrator mm-hmm. that maybe you think. I think I thought it was really fascinating. So I don't know how they adapted. Yeah. This is a fairly smaller film. Passion River put it mm-hmm. out. But it's got a decent cast. I mean, going back to Farmiga, it's her. Yeah. It's the younger Farmiga in this Oh, one. that's right. Taisa Farmiga. And there's um, also supposedly a great Crispin Glover performance in this there? movie. Oh, yes. I know what? I didn't even know he was in it. This makes me even more excited to check <laughs> it out. Crispin Glover sure. doesn't act in enough movies. Oh, and he's got one coming out this Friday. Oh, does he? Real bad. <laughs> what, wait, what is it? Roger Avery's new film is out this Friday. Oh, wait, oh, what lucky, is it called? Lucky Day. Oh, no. Canadian funded. Speaking of people that I'm like. Glover plays a psychotic hitman (sighs) with a French accent. He plays a Frenchman. Are there scenes Um, where a character is introduced and it freezes and their name comes up? Oh, my God. It's like the kind of like. Snatch. Late 90s Pulp Fiction ripoff. You know. I really liked Roger Avery when I was a teenager. Yeah, Because like the underground idea of like, oh, this is a guy that's not as you know, good as yeah. Quentin Tarantino or people don't know him as well. Then I watched Killing Zoe and I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, see, I liked Killing Zoe yeah. when I was a kid, but I, I love Rules of up. Attraction. Oh, me too. I, I, I feel like it will not hold up. <laughs> but then, you know, I had you... the poster in my uh, locker. Oh, you know, really? the one with the Beanie Baby? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. yeah. No, I loved that film. Um, and Roger... I mean, I liked his writing where I'm even, he uh, co-wrote Silent Hill, right? I, it, Silent I... Hill has a terrible <laughs> script. Well, I, so much exposition. Okay. Well, the directing saves. Are you a love? I really like Silent Hill. Oh, like and I oh, love Christoph Gass. I love, Gass. I oh, love okay. all his other movies. Crying Freeman, yeah, Brotherhood yeah. of the Wolf. Uh, he made one after Silent Hill. Now I can't remember what um, it is. Oh, no, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, God, God no. I haven't seen that one. You know what? It's, it's weird because I, I actually don't really like Christoph Gass. Really? You don't like Brotherhood <laughs> of the Wolf? Not really. Uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf is great. It has, like, everything I mean, I you would want in a movie. Year, so maybe I need to revisit it. I think that when like... you probably saw it the first time, maybe you found it 
like too much stuff because yeah, it's like a giallo it's a monster me. movie it's a kung fu picture as yeah, well i was young when i like mm. i saw it when it came yeah. out so maybe i have that three disc special edition that yeah, was released in I quebec think i remember renting that from the store. <laughs> um anyways so yeah, we have always um, lived in the castle yeah i'm actually curious of how I'm they would curious, adapt yeah. the movie but know, again it's like i don't know what that would be like yeah because for a mo- for stories that are so locked up in the narrator's mm-hmm. head yeah i don't i don't know i i'm interested to give it a whirl but so toy story 4 is being released by disney yeah i have I, not seen it. I've not seen it either. I don't know. If you went back and told 10-year-old Justin I, that there will be a new Toy Story movie that you will not see, he would be like, you're you're a liar. You're a big fat liar. I know. As our favorite film, Big Fat Liar, starring, um, I've never seen that one either. I, I, big Fat Liar is kind of funny. Really? What about Big Fat Liar 2? Yes, there is a DTV uh, sequel. there is, yeah. Isn't it like, uh, no, I was going to say Brian Bothworth. That'd be amazing if it co-starred him. No, who is it? You know, it's the guy Somebody. from Spin City who plays the mayor. He's in... Uh, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, I, I, for some reason, it's Brian, it's, um, and I'm like Brian Dennehy. Tim no, the, Daly or something. It, it's not. not Tim is it Tim Daly? Daly? I don't think okay. it is. Yeah, we well, don't know. We'll revisit that. I know who it is. Like yeah, I can picture no, him, I can like picture Rocky face, Horror. He's yeah. the one who plays like yeah, uh, Susan Sarandon's husband, Brad. Brad. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kung Fu Monster from Wellgo. Uh, another contractually uh, China-released yeah, movie. It's kind of goofy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, China went through this massive wave of like little CGI animal monster yeah. movies, starting with Monster Hunt, which was a massive hit. Exactly. And these, this is like all kind of you know something's popular. It's a fad. We'll mm-hmm. all jump on and we'll make movies. Haven't seen it. Great title, Kung Fu Monster. Totally. If it was like a real like monster, yeah. I'd be like, oh, I gotta see this. Yeah, but yeah. you know, China not in a good place right now. Ooh, I mean, they haven't been so in much. a good place in. <laughs> 50 years quite a while yeah but now it's impossible to ignore yeah yeah. um general magic which is a documentary uh about a silicon valley company um yeah it's supposed to be a really well acclaimed Mm. um kind of like yeah silicon valley sort of tech documentary we were on top of the world and then we were (laughs) i know right no i was like is this a sequel to practical magic (laughs) (laughs) finally yes actually i don't think i've ever consciously watched it i remember people in my periphery watching it because I remember the um, the spoon and the teacup yeah. turning and she's oh, not touching yeah. and that's all I remember for a minute. That and the yeah. craft kind of mingle in my mind. Uh, okay. And the, I haven't seen the craft the... is more I've seen the craft more recently. Yeah. And then you know the craft's fun. I feel practical magic was another film that my parents loved at the time. <laughs> that's where I saw Listen, it. Listen, it's primary color of practical yeah, magic. They took it out Only from the P movie store and I would yeah. just watch what they took out and that was definitely whatever it one was. Of those. Yeah. So. They're like Bullworth, Mark. <laughs> yeah. You love Bullworth, yeah, right? Make, I know. <laughs> uh, there was a um, a tape of the Bullworth soundtrack that sat in my garage and I would look at it every time yeah. I came back in. I was just fascinated by it because I didn't know what it was. I guess Bullworth had a Have crazy rap movie? soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. The Warren Beatty film? Yeah. Yeah, it's I've not very good. Seen it, yeah. Great poster. Yeah. Great where like the guy's like jumping the out of Warren of Beatty's yeah. mouth. Yeah. 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 Warren Beatty, uh, yeah, I like the passion there, but he needs a little bit. He needs a producer, and he's never going to get that. Uh, I'm glad we can uh, just uh, dig up Warren Beatty oh, to bury yeah, him. I love where we're going here, <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. So, uh, Midsommar is finally Midsommar. out on Blu-ray. Yeah. On Blu-ray, <laughs> yeah, because it's scary. There's a bear in it. Uh, so, I actually hadn't seen Hereditary or Midsommar until oh, like two okay. weeks ago. Oh, okay. The fans of, of Hereditary made me like, I don't want to see it. Yeah. And then I saw it, and I was like, Ah, it's really goofy and funny. I like this. It's scary, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if it's scary. But it's goofy, and that's what I like. Seeing it in the theater, there were some moments yeah. that definitely uh, to me. When a certain character catches on fire and it yeah. cuts to Tony Collette, laugh so hard. Oh, I know. It's just like, she's like, <gasps> and that's the thing about Hereditary is that I remember when the film was coming out, people were like, is it funny? Like, they didn't know if, oh, okay. like, the, the, 
the director's intent was it's like obviously supposed to be funny and like really? watching it most now, of the people i heard talking mm. about it just talked about how terrifying it was uh, it's hilarious okay. it's really yeah, really I mean, funny and he's such a goofy director that like yeah. his, he'll do like long camera takes or like do like a wes anderson like yeah. you know i'll watch, look at it like a yeah, dollhouse yeah. and so midsomar after i watched hereditary i was like oh I'll watch that too yeah. and i had heard what people said about it and one of the reasons i didn't check it out was i was like uh, it's the Wicker Man, yeah. and does it end like the Wicker Man? And people are like, "Yep." And I was yeah. like, Ugh, "Okay, <laughs> two and a half hours." Yeah. I just watched the ninety-minute version. Did you see Midsommar? I did. Um, Do you love it? Is that I, why you're being I a little bit silent? No, I didn't like it. At and all. it's a movie that, I, like, I think Ari Aster is way overrated. For the, for, I think that he would agree that he's way yeah, overrated. Okay, okay, yeah, for, reading yeah. interviews with him, he's like, "Why, like." Why do you yeah. treat me this way? Like, just let me make movies. Yeah. And, like, you don't need to put me on a pedestal totally, or compare yeah. me to Kubrick or anything like that. There's too much expectation. Yeah. I mean, somebody, when he made Midsommar, should have been like, dude, like, I like the first 90 minutes of Midsommar yeah. where it feels like it's going somewhere. Yeah. And then the last hour, oh my God. it's, it's two and a half hours long. Interrupt. It's just the ending of Wicker it's Man, Wicker but Man. lamer. It's lamer than Wicker Man. Like, in Wicker Man, at least you have him like, oh, like for the love hour. of God. I know. It takes, like, an extra, or in the Nick Cage one, you have the bees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, the bees are not actually in the movie. They're only know, a deleted I know, scene. I know. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> uh, sh- I know. <laughs> I remember seeing uh, the Wicker Man, the uh, the light box when they're doing waiting the for the bees thing. And yeah, no, and I knew the bees weren't in the yeah. cut they were going to show. But people after were so upset. They're like, I thought the bees were in this movie. What happened to the bees? <sighs> they're not a fan. I know. They're not a true they're not fan. A true fan. I mean, you get Man. to see Wicker. Uh, you get to see Wicker Man. Yeah, Wicker Man himself. That's who Nick Cage know, plays. Yeah. <laughs> no, Nick Cage dressed in a <laughs> bear Wicker like Man. hit women over. It's like yeah, it's like, <laughs> a new LeBou. Uh, I guess yeah. in the company of men, uh, yeah. <laughs> your real opinions. Um, um, I mean, Midsommar, like, a lot of people love yeah, it. Yeah, Midsommar. Maybe I need to see the three-hour version. Jesus. The director's cut. I hear it. Kill me end, now. It ends yeah. the same way. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing is, like, okay, he doesn't want to be compared to Kubrick or whatever, mm-hmm. but he seems like he's so consciously trying to be compared to Kubrick, though. Like, Make a 90-minute movie. That's the thing. Make like, a 75-minute movie. This, like, arted up, two-and-a-half-hour... Wicker like, Man fan film. Wicker Man movie that looks like The Shining. Yeah. Of the style of it, and he's like, "Well, don't compare me to the Kubrick." It's like, dude, that's what you're doing. I think the character okay. stuff is not like Kubrick at all. I think it's very yeah, warm, I, and it's a lot of fun. Exactly. And yeah. um, the actors in the movie are really good. Don't you get the feeling though that these? I just didn't buy anything these characters did. No. For a second. Well, and supposedly it just, it's, it's, like it's more fleshed out in the three-hour version. Like, but you I, don't need to spend three hours just, telling the story. Yeah, it's like the kind of movie where the whole characters have never seen a horror movie before. Yes. Because as soon as you would walk, like, I wouldn't even go to this cult area. Yeah, as soon as you would be in the cult thing, but you'd be like, you get me out of exactly. here. Exactly. And they're, and you know what? Fine. If you're going to play it like a fever dream mm-hmm. thing where it's like, oh, it's not really reality. You know, yeah. Like, night never comes. It's daytime yeah, all the time. But they don't even really do that either. Yeah. So it's just like this weird in between where it's like it wants to be this like artistic kind of fever dream thing but also this kind of like realistic uh, relationship drama I would have been fascinated if like doesn't work for me the movie didn't work at all or like people didn't like it at all and like Ari Aster was like "Ah, I'm humbled I'm gonna do something different my third one I don't think that's gonna happen I I think his next movie is gonna be four hours long seriously people I like remember when it came out even Mm. now when it's out people come in and they're like oh Midsommar that's the shit right now you're like what about the Wicker Man (laughs) like yeah what about the Wicker Man starring Nicolas Cage you think the Wicker Man is far enough that like a lot of people seeing Midsommar have never seen it don't even know what it is and I mean the ending kind of takes them aback yeah, and I'm not even a huge fan of the original Wicker Man. It's okay. Honest. Like, it's okay. It's weird, it's though. Fine. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think a lot of people just aren't making the connection, and mm-hmm. that's fine. You know, it introduces the... I, I like cult horror movies. I really do like... Do you? I do, I do, for the most Kill part. Kill List. That's a great yeah, one. Yeah, I love Kill List. Um, 
But this one, I don't know. I just there's something about like the arted up kind of. Oh, I like just... the arted up only because it's so goofy. Yeah. If I if I felt and I feel like Ari Aster, he probably takes himself pretty seriously, but like it is so sillily shot. Like mm-hmm. almost like a Sam Raimi film, like a slam, yeah. Sam Raimi movie moving in slow motion. Yeah. That I'm like, <laughs> I like this. <laughs> and I feel like he's laughing along with a lot of the stuff yeah. that I'm laughing along at. Maybe I just don't know yeah. what his intentions are. No, yeah. It's yeah. just the, he, there's actually a really good interview with him in the last two issues of the Fangoria where he's interviewing Robert Eggers. Okay. Each about their uh, films. Like supposedly uh, Midsommar came out of like a breakup that uh, yeah. he had. Yeah, I did. And that, that he was actually, it, the movie was impossible to make as well because they built the whole town. Right. And Ari Aster said that like almost once a day you would go and like hide and like cry because it was like really? so difficult to make yeah okay. and you wouldn't know that making yeah. the movie uh but i think that people that are curious if i'm telling you like it's the ending of wicker man that's it what it yeah. is and you're ready it's for not that gonna go anywhere else, it's people. not gonna go anywhere else <laughs> like i was hoping like even knowing that i was hoping it would go crazy that's in the, the last hour we're gonna do i was like there's got to be a little more to this yeah you know? like a little like and it just never it just never like yeah. in the way people talked about it, like all the crazy imagery at the end what crazy imagery, what crazy imagery? <laughs> like yeah. there is good imagery there is. i do like his imagery but there's a scene where two people not, like kill like, themselves that i really like yeah, and yeah. the inner cutting that happens and that yeah. and the building of suspense because you know it's gonna come totally. yeah and it's like slowly the tension is just it's mounting such a slow yeah. burn and i usually like slow burns too but i just it didn't pay off yeah. for me i mean i think it like you said if you like those characters more and you bought their relationship mm-hmm. and you bought that tension i think that the movie may i don't even think it could work because it's the ending that you know, know is coming the guy is such obviously an asshole yeah i hear in the director's cut is even more of an asshole really yeah apparently so by the um, end you're like yeah that, but that, it's like 20 it's, minutes in i'm like I, like i get it i guess like the extreme grief has yeah yeah, to do yeah, with yeah, it. yeah she doesn't know she doesn't have and anybody. the ending is i get it i get it to some degree yeah, and unlike the can... wicker man the ending is supposed to be one of catharsisism yeah of like she's supposed to be making a decision mm-hmm. that like oh she can finally move on but i'm like the culture with this ain't gonna work out <laughs> like that's and the I, other issue yeah <laughs> and i think yeah like with the relationship stuff at the end of the day yeah i just mitz omar um available at base oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Whatever, it's selling and renting like crazy. Yeah, anyway. like crazy. It's a big studio movie. Who cares? Yeah, nobody, nobody. Like, we're not going to be yeah. like someone's like, I'm no, going to buy again, that. There's a lot of merit to it. I just, I think, you know, he really wants to drill home this point about abusive relationships yeah. and like. And Do you I think he that. viewed think himself cool. as the abusive party in this movie? Yeah, definitely. I think so too. Yes, yeah. and and that's great. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he gets at the subtlety of what an abusive relationship mm, is. Sometimes yeah. it's a little bit too like. He's just too much of an asshole. I, I just feel like he he needs to be charming in a way. It a little too. Yeah, the because guy, an abusive I never, relationship. I never found the boyfriend charming yeah. at all at I, any point in that movie. And I think you need to give him a bit of charm yeah. to make it more disturbing. Yeah, the fact because that, like, like what's actually going. You on. know, I mean, uh, I don't know, but abusive relationships, and we've all been in some form of yeah. one. Is like usually the person is so charming at some moments, mm-hmm. and then you you hook onto that, mm-hmm. and you're like, but I remember they were like so friendly, and yeah. this. Yeah. good even though it's like 98% bad you remember those moments yeah of and, I think that's and you need that like percentage dichotomy, right yeah um, and you don't get it in Midsommar yeah he's just yeah. like such a jerk right from the beginning and his friends are all jerks and it's oh they're like, such jerks like they were likable yeah all four of those guys yeah. are jerks and I'm just like and the worst right, jerk of all sure. um I don't remember what his name he's a British actor who always Will plays Poulter, a jerk yeah, with that Poulter guy. he doesn't even okay this is a big spoiler yeah. he doesn't even get killed on screen no, we spent so much time with him I know. I was waiting for it, too. Yeah. 
All right. So, Anyways, we talked a lot about, yeah, about Midsommar. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's a conversation piece. It so. is. <laughs> At least people are talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And so. you know what? I'm glad that I enjoyed Hereditary as much as I did. Yeah, I liked Hereditary. Yeah, because when I would sure. tell people that I haven't seen it, they're like, what? And one of the reasons I hadn't was because people were like, it's so terrifying. Mm-hmm. And my partner Emily loves ghost movies and demon movies. But if they're too scary, yeah. it actually bothers her and she can't sleep at uh, night. Okay. So Hereditary was one I was like, probably too scary. Yeah. Not going to not gonna watch this one. And it just never came up after that. Okay. If people had said like, oh yeah, but it's like really fun, I would have watched it instantly. Yeah. So hopefully people listening to this haven't watched Hereditary. There's nobody else. Yeah, there's nobody, <laughs> yeah, everybody's seen Hereditary. Yeah, everybody's seen Hereditary <laughs> except for me. <laughs> Running in late to the party two years later. Hey guys, I just yeah, saw I this know, movie. Right? I'm glad I have this podcast you so I can finally talk about it. Movie, yeah. You guys hear about the Beatles? Shit here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Deadwood the movie's also come out. Haven't seen an episode of Deadwood. Yeah, I, which is kind of surprising because Deadwood is everything I, I love. Yeah, like it, Westerns, Timothy Oliphant, yeah, Walter Hill directs him. the pilot. Yep. Love all that stuff. And it's just about sitting down and watching it. Yeah, same here. I haven't. I'm not a. I'm not good with TV. Yeah. I, I don't give it enough time. Are you one of those guys? I know. I'm one of those Will guys. Will Sloan on the Important Cinema Club the same way. He's I like, know, don't watch I TV. I can't do it. And, like, I've tried a few. Mm-hmm. And there's a few shows I really like. But even if you if know it it's over. I mean, like two episodes, I'm so bad. Oh, one of those people that are like, ah. You're never going to be grabbed in two episodes. I know, I know. And I'm fully aware of that. Did you watch Twin Peaks The Return? I did, yeah. Okay. But I like David Lynch takes yeah, yeah. precedence over anything for me. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. that and, was... You know, Twin Peaks The Return feels like an 18-hour movie to me. So, oh, you know, you're one of those one guys. Of those people, yeah. I it... mean, they played it at MoMA, right? Am I right? Did they? <laughs> they did, yeah. I hope all in one go. They did? Uh, no. no. I think they split into like three chunks. Or Boo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go all I out would, I would all. sit and watch it all, all in one, one go. go. I'm excited for that Twin Peaks box set coming out. Yeah, uh, yeah, Because yeah. I actually don't own any of them. I own all the rest of the You sucker! But it's a nice set. You know which one I do own? I own the first DVD release because there's commentary on every episode and that has never been recreated. I don't think it's on the A to Z box set either. Yeah, I don't know. Actually. Because it's the different companies yeah. and the company that released the first uh, DVD set yeah, didn't own the like pilot. The public or something. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So that's the only one which okay. I got out of a um, real Canadian superstore bargain bin for nice. $5. Yeah, they had some good stuff <laughs> yeah, in those They did. <laughs> okay, so next up we have The Electric Horseman. Unfortunately, not about a robot cowboy. Nah, this is a Redford movie. Okay, so this is another part of the wave like uh, The Great Waldo Pepper came yeah. out a few weeks ago. <laughs> so people are like, we need those. Has not been selling very well. <laughs> <laughs> what, you mean after our great sales job yeah, last I week know. or a few weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> um, this one was directed by Sidney uh, Pollock. I love Sidney Pollock. Yeah, he's he's really good. Uh, the cool. Yakuza. Mwah, yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Um, and it uh, co-starred Jane Fonda. Yeah. Never seen it. Never seen it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Robert Redford right. fans, we got we all Robert Redford. your Robert Redford films here. We got Listen, the Waldo Pepper. We, we got, got the Electric Horseman. Please buy them. Please. <laughs> and then we've got Red Joan from IFC Shout. This is a Judy Dench is an elderly yeah. spy movie. <laughs> I got excited. Like, like, like John Wick? <laughs> I know, right? Which is exactly what the customers here want. Uh, yep. Judy Dench in anything does really well here. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah. Um, especially. And this one wasn't really given that big of a release. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've had, we have the poster out front right now and people are coming being like, oh my God, there's a new Judy Dench movie? What is this? <laughs> I've never heard of this one. What hotel does she own in this one? <laughs> right. So I don't know. I mean, if you like Judy Dench, yeah. I got kind of middling reviews when it came out. Yeah. But I hear it's a very like, 
kind of slow movie. Yeah. And it's, it's ripped from the headlines. It is, I yeah. think it recently happened that like an 85-year-old, they're like, you were a Russian spy. You tried to sell um, or just give to Russia nuclear mm -hmm. secrets from the U.S. Yeah. What happened? If it ended, it was like a Harry Brown style ending where oh, like Judy, Judy Dent yeah. like, rips a guy's throat <laughs> yeah. out and like slams his head against the desk. I'd be like, I gotta see this movie. <laughs> yeah, it really becomes Red Joan. At the end <laughs> yeah. You know why it's red? Yeah, because yeah. she's covered in blood. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Oh man, I would love that. Yeah. And the covers, like Judy Dench, just like splattered with blood. It's just her face. Why don't they hire us to make yeah. these movies? Jesus. Yeah, listen, just... Judy Dench, I got a script for you. Yeah, and you work at a video store. You know what yeah. what, what, what rents and sells. I know what you'll be good at. Yeah, that's right. Um, the Wedding Guest is being released by AFC. This is a movie that made like a yeah. bit of a splash at TIFF a few years yeah. ago. But like every Michael Winterbottom <laughs> film, it just sinks to the bottom. Michael Winterbottom needs to like not make movies as much as he makes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a movie a year. This guy, if yeah, not more, you know? he's like a real Woody Allen yeah. <laughs> and he's very experimental it's weird that mm. I've never gotten into Michael Winterbottom like someone like Steven Soderbergh and I wonder yeah. what the barrier for me is I like uh, when I like his stuff oh. I do really like I love like, I like Tristan the, Shandy a cock and bull stuff yeah I like his stuff with Steve Coogan I love 24 hour party people I've never uh, seen that one oh, what about nine great. songs that's I, the one that I nobody do like, I do like nine songs yeah. but I, again, I haven't sex. seen it since it came out so <laughs> yeah. you know it was at the time like yeah this is transgressive you know? I, like, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was cool but maybe it doesn't hold up but I like the trip movies a lot oh the trip the, I, the first one is fun yeah, yeah I really like yeah. the trip and I just I do like his style but then I've seen a a handful that are just bored. But he's like too, a st he's so. uh, he's almost a I don't want to say a stylist director, but like he's willing to experiment and modify his style yes, with every yeah. movie, which I appreciate. I don't even yeah. know what the wedding guest is about, but I remember people were talking about <sighs> yeah, like. It feels like Michael Winterbottom is like, this is one for them yeah, kind of movie. Exactly. People say Greed is good, but did you hear that it got like edited without his um, approval? Did you oh, see it? You're I making a no, face. No, I didn't see it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Uh, there was a big like kerfuffle where the studio releasing it is like, mm, we can't release this. Interesting. Like, I, think I did want to see that. I think it's because at the end they have like statistics or like a title card saying how much people are paid in the uh, factories of the guy that okay. um, is the, the focus of the yeah. movie. And... You can't ban that. It's going to get out that it's being banned. Mm -hmm. Like, you fools. Yeah. But you know what? I'm, I'm curious about the wedding because people I trust said it was, like, great. Yeah. And didn't give me much more than yeah, that. I, and then it kind of disappeared. I've heard some really good things. Um, but I feel like that happens with a lot of his movies now. Yeah. They always play at TIFF. Yeah. And then they always disappear for, like, mm. a year or so. And then they kind of just quietly come out. Come out, disc. yeah. Yeah. And when I saw him, like, The Wedding Guest, is it that movie with the um, woman from uh, Pen15, yeah. the romantic comedy? I don't remember what that one's called. Yeah. Um, Plus One or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> nope, it's nope. a new Michael Winterbottom yeah. film. Okay, so the last new one. Yeah, oh boy. To get into you want to unpack this thing? <laughs> well, I haven't seen it. I haven't but, seen it. Uh, I've, I know people who have. It's Light Up My Life, Light of My Life. Light of My Life. <laughs> directed, written, uh, is it written? I feel like it is. And starring know, yeah. Casey Affleck. Yeah, the one, the only. So this is a movie that people who I've seen, it's post-apocalyptic. Yeah. It's like The Road, where he's taking care yeah. of his daughter. Yeah. Somebody says. It's a world without women, right? Uh, is it? Uh, yeah. I heard that it's like um, Casey Affleck's like I love you uh, what is it is it I love you daddy that Louis C.K. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's like a, an apology <laughs> non-apology non yeah exactly <laughs> he doubles down on, yeah. all these guys just double down you know they I'm just, a good man I am 
am a good man. I don't know why you're all so saying frustrating. I'm such a jerk. Because I love Casey Affleck as an actor. He's That's really good. Big, I was a big fan of him yeah. back when I was growing up. The really, real star of Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, you know, I liked him. I like the stuff. You know, I love him. I'm a big Jerry fan over here. So Jerry. Oh, no. <laughs> Casey Affleck and Matt Damon walking to yeah. the, through the desert love until it. they die. Love it. <laughs> that, that's Mark um, Nip. But no, I, I like Casey. I did like Casey Affleck a lot. I thought mm. he was a good, really He's good, good in like Ghost Story. He's barely in Ghost oh, Story. Oh, you know, yeah. I really liked Ghost Story. I heard um, that he was under that sheet the entire movie, too. Was he? Yeah. I, mean, I hope he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Otherwise, he's barely in it. Mm. But, um, um, but as just a per, I did, I hated I'm not here. Or oh, anything. yeah. Like, I the, saw the that. Director, at, I mean, that's yeah. what started the whole kerfuffle. Yeah, I saw that at TIFF when it came out. I, like, rushed it. I was so excited to see it. And it was just, like, the biggest waste of time, I thought. In real, like, I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, it's just bad. That was one that it's but like, this, yeah. you can't escape it from the $5 bid when oh, you are walking to, like, um, um, uh, uh, Best Buy but, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And then, obviously, what came out afterwards about it just makes it even that much more unpleasant mm-hmm. and the fact that he has his, his really weird reaction to it yeah for it, he sort of has but like he gave an interview recently maybe a couple months ago about like oh it's just so hard for me because i really like want to like help women in the industry and i think it's really important but they all hate me and i just like i don't know what to do you don't like, say that stuff and you say like, you, like, you want to help women you just yeah, go and you do just, it like, yeah he, it was such like this persecuted kind mm. of attitude he took towards it. it's like dude you just I'm the one good man. Why like, are you persecuting yeah, like, me? I'm not even saying he has to go away forever. Yeah. Like, no. Make movies, I, yeah. Do whatever you want. Direct movies, you know, obviously Hollywood yeah. is you know, You're white. Like, do, yeah. do whatever you want. But it's just, you know, the constant, like, why don't people like me anymore? Yeah. Making this movie where it's like, okay, it's a, it's a world completely without women, except for my daughter. I'm going to be the sole protector of her. Yeah. Like, did you see that uh, Louis C.K. film? Okay. Um, I, I didn't, no. Oh. I knew some people who did. I did. I saw one of Planet Tiff. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, I saw, I knew a bunch of people who were at that It screen. actually has a scene where he's like, I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize yeah. to all women. I'm sorry. In like the most sarcastic, yeah. like possible way. Uh, that movie has a really know, good John Malkovich performance too yeah, as the Woody Allen really, style director I really wanted to see it and the only reason I didn't see it at TIFF was because I figured it was just going to come out soon after and I it was supposed it. to and then yeah. yeah but I mean even at, I, honestly at this point I'm not even for a little while I was like curious I'm like oh, mm. I still kind of want to see but even at this point I just I don't care <laughs> like Louis C.K. I just like he's still doing he, shows he, he was in Toronto like I a know, week ago I, I read all the reviews of it like, <laughs> you did just, you're like, like I can't care but I'll read all the reviews I didn't see any of them Really? Oh, no, no yeah. did it. there were so many people writing reviews about. What are you guys uh, doing there? Just don't look. That's what I always think. That little well, Simpsons thing, was like, yeah. just don't look. Yeah. Just and yeah, don't and all look. reviews of it basically said exactly what you'd expect. Yeah, it's like he just doubles down. So they consciously they went always... to that. Then is he advertising his shows now? I guess he must be. Yeah, he's doing a tour of some kind. Yeah, right. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. The Now Magazine did it, but again, they we weren't allowed to take notes or anything. So okay. It was basically, like you could go. I don't. So I don't know if there what were is press this spots yeah. where they just have to like buy a ticket. They probably you know? had to buy a ticket then because like, he doesn't care about the press. Were, like supporting him. Oh, anyway, Louis C.K. So, like the frustrating thing is like he was like redefining like the model. He was releasing stuff himself that he yeah. shot himself. Look, I was a big. Louis C.K. supporter back. What are you doing, masturbating in front of people? Like there was a show that I actually watched. Louis. Yeah. Oh, that show's so funny. Show was great. Now you can watch Marin, Uh, which is just as good as Louis. I liked his his short films. I I just liked 
a lot of what he did. Did you watch and, that like play show he did with Steve Buscemi? Uh, uh, no, that one was really what? good. I never yeah. caught that. I, I now you can't. Just, <laughs> no, I can't. No. And it's not even that I don't like have like I'll go back and watch this. Yeah, if yeah. I want to, but I just I don't even have the interest anymore. I don't no? know what happened. Yeah, it just Louis kinda, like, is so funny that TV and, yeah, show. Louis, like, Louis, I really liked. Um, but now it's all like through the haze so of phony, like, and especially with it's guys, so phony. Yeah, 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 especially with guys that their on-screen persona is so tied in with their apparent real life persona and the fact that he was this like warrior for like and a lot of the stand up yeah. specials well, were like warrior for women like how I, gross guys are I mean it's he like, produced he produced the um uh one of his co-stars her show yeah thankfully yeah, yeah, it was able Pamela Adler yeah, yeah, and it was able to com- yeah, continue going yeah. thankfully cuz it was when that came out they actually like mm-hmm. pulled the show a little bit mm-hmm. and then she was able to get back thank god and yeah. keep making that uh stuff and the thing is with him I heard yeah, like everybody's I, gross yeah, yeah it's like yeah but it's the worst it's like someone saying like i know i'm annoying and full of myself yeah. Yeah. But I'm just gonna keep doing it. Do it and yeah, like, yeah, like, there was you. a joke. I think one of the jokes they uh, talked about in the review at his mm. new show was about how, like, oh well, you know, I got uh, exposed for like one of my private kinks. Well. God forbid any of you get exposed for your private kink oh, one day, but it's like, no, you're, dude, you're, your private kink was like locking women in a room yeah. and jerking off in front of them when they didn't want it. Like, you that's, being in the position that's, of power. That's assault. That's yeah. not a private kink. <laughs> you being in right, the position man, of power you say, to like, these like stand-ups who yeah, have no exactly, fame right? and you're like, ugh. Anyways. All right. All right. Let's stop talking about losing. Little, <laughs> this is the bag up, yeah, bag em episode of uh, the Bay Street Video yeah, Podcast. We're, we're, getting, we're getting harsh here. But um, yeah, light of my life. I, yeah. I don't know. Is it renting? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay. as much as any. Yeah, Hollywood-ish are you curious? Movie. Not really. No, I'm, I'm not a huge post-apocalyptic nah. movie guy. Yeah, me neither. I feel like a lot of them are the same, and this just looks. We love the Casey same Affleck. To me. Yeah, I did. I mean, yeah. All right. I don't know if I love him enough to like. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. All right, so let's move to something more positive, and we're going to recommend some horror films directed by women. Yeah, let's do that because there are so many good horror films directed by women. Yeah. I feel like they often get overlooked. Yeah. You know, because even just... though we're going to mention some that everybody put on their list. Exactly. This list. Right. <laughs> So, uh, I would have probably mentioned more, uh, and I will, but Bay Street Video doesn't stock I know, them. I'm sorry. Some I'm of them sorry. are tough to get. I will, I will try yeah. and rectify Because, like, the first same. one that I'm going to recommend yeah, go is Spookies. It. Yeah. Uh, directed by Jeannie Joseph. I've never seen Spookies. You didn't come I when know, we showed it at Laser Blast. No, I missed it. That was know, our Halloween I really, uh, film. I really want it to come. It killed. No, it's a film that there's an oral history of Spookies you can find online. Yeah. It's one of the best movie related articles ever, which was basically like two guys wanted to make like the ultimate monster movie. It, like bigger than the evil dead they got the funding they went and shot it was hell and the distributor just screwed them over just one guy who had never done it before yeah and he i think he showed the cut to somebody they showed a rough cut that was like two hours long Mm -hmm. and someone's like it's too long and the guy panicked fired those two filmmakers and hired genie joseph to do reshoots and add like another 10 monsters and the movie makes no sense it's like (laughs) at, at one point the guy um, there's a scene where there's like Muckman monsters that are attacking yeah. people and the guy's like you should put like fart sound effects over to make it funny and the sound guy was like what no that's stupid oh, you know what I'll just do it and you'll see it's not funny and he made it really big and the guy's like <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> so it stayed in the movie <laughs> so there's a scene where there's this Muckman monster you just hear <laughs> for like two minutes that's awesome <laughs> it's great it is on DVD in a yeah. company in Quebec put it out right? yeah, yeah which, really, I did, which is why I, you I guys looked don't into have it. it at the time when mm. you guys played it and to try and see if I could source a DVD and I couldn't I saw that one but I couldn't find a way to get it through yeah. suppliers or anything so I feel like there's probably I mean that one is kind of remastered so there must okay. be like a uh, print somewhere that Somebody's people can scan yeah I feel like Vinegar, Vinegar Syndrome was probably on, on it yeah. yeah I feel like the reason it was released in Quebec is there's probably some rights issues which is why yeah. I think it's Les Spookies is on the DVD. 
Less boogies. Yeah. And there's no special features or anything like yeah. that. But um, hopefully, Mark, if you come bug him enough, he'll hunt yeah. it down. And, uh, Please do. Mark, what do you got next? A little underseen one, Office Killer. So this is a movie Cindy Sherman that here. when I saw it, I found it very unpleasant. Yeah, I, I looked at Letterboxd, I gave know. it two and a half stars. And I think that if I knew what it was going in, That's I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah, I agree. I, I just kind of picked it up because I think I rented it from here before I even started mm-hmm. working here because I just saw the cover. I'm like, yeah. oh, wow, Molly Ringwald. Like, yeah. Weird. Okay. Carol Kane Carol stars Kane. in it. Like, this sounds good. And it had that, like... Because I think Dimension put it out. It had mm. that like kind of late Like Dimension Extreme, yeah. Like, all right, cool, cool. It is a horror film, but more like a Gaspar Noé horror like film. a comedy horror yeah. film, too. But it's very, like, grim and dark. It yeah. was directed by Cindy Sherman, who's a fashion photographer. Yeah, a really famous fashion photographer. And she and this looks great. I yeah. Mean, it has a great look to it, great style. I just think, yeah, people... It doesn't rent a ton. And yeah. I think when it does, people are just put off by it because you're right, they don't. It's, it's an art horror film. Into, if it had been yeah. released like post 2005, yeah. I think people would have accepted it differently. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, I, I, I just, I'm thinking about it. I just think of like browns and blacks and mm-hmm. like body parts. Yeah. And I don't mean to talk about it in a way which is like, people are like, oh, I don't want to rent that. Like, it is like no other horror movie you've ever seen. Exactly. And it is. A slasher, in a way. It is, yeah. Because Carol Kane is going like, around killing, killing her, her annoying office, office mates. Yeah. But then yeah. it goes in like a really weird direction, oh, like a yeah. surreal direction, where yeah. you're like, what am I seeing? So it's out on DVD, and like you said, I don't think people rent it enough. Yeah, it's like way out of print now. I don't even think you can get it anymore. But we have a rental copy. So uh, Speaking of things that are out of print, yeah. you have the DVD of A Night to Dismember, directed by Doris yes, Wishman. Yes, do. That one, I think it goes for like... $200 oh, or something yeah, like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. We definitely have it to rent. Do you uh, guys have a thing where, like, some video stores would have, like, you got to put, like, a $50 deposit down yeah, so, if it's super rare? Yeah, with our rental accounts, I mean, we keep credit cards on file Okay, so that's everybody. what you do, yeah. Um, and if you don't have a credit... It sucks because there's a lot of people that don't have credit cards anymore. Yeah. So, but in that case, we do take deposits, and it kind of depends on... If it's just, like any random mm-hmm. easily replaceable movie will be less but if it's something like that or like an out of print criteria yeah. or something we're not above taking two or three hundred dollars just to make sure we get yeah. this disc back so. A Night to Dismember is one of the craziest horror movies you've ever seen <laughs> and there's actually a famous story behind why it's so incomprehensible I mean Doris Wishman is a kind of like famous director in that she was completely independent she was one of the only women who worked in kind of sexploitation like mm-hmm. nudie cuties and stuff like that she kept working and A Night to Dismember was a film that they lost the negative most of it in a lab fire oh, so she yeah. had to make it out of outtakes and she doesn't shoot in sync sound so everything is dubbed as well yeah. so you watch and you're like what is going on now I have a <laughs> fun story about this and I'm gonna make it real quick okay. which is I interviewed uh, Ben Ruffett of the Hamilton Trash Cinema I went up to one of his screenings he does these amazing only on VHS screenings super rare films sometimes only one copy in existence yeah. and I was interviewing him and I said what's the rarest thing that you've ever had and he's like hmm I have the original version of A Night to Dismember and I went what the one that was lost in a fire he's like yep uh, I emailed the cinematographer and he sent it to me because he had a work what? print of it and I'm like that film is not supposed to exist yeah. we should put that on YouTube or something like that yeah. and he's like huh yeah maybe I'll do it and then he did and I wrote an article about it and it the internet it went nuts up. because it's a lost movie yeah, it'd be like finding Chimes at Midnight exactly it's got like yeah. a name yeah. it's got cult appeal already, but like other so. than watching that version which is online which is much more linear okay. so it's not as fun as the release version right, which is yeah. like what is going on <laughs> it's like you follow four family lines within yeah. the first 10 minutes and it 
famously has one of the most infamous commentary tracks of all time between the cinematographer and Doris Wishman. <laughs> Doris Wishman is just bagging on the cinematographer the entire time. He's trying to like make jokes. She will have none of it. <laughs> so I would, I, I feel like it's a movie people don't watch enough. Yeah. Like it's usually on these lists where you search women horror directors, but people don't go out to check it. It has a yeah. kind of generic cover where it's like a, the, the shadow of an it axe does, yeah. and like blood dripping. Yeah, it doesn't honestly rent a ton here, mm-hmm. which is strange to me for a film that I thought had more of like yeah. a cult name to it. But I think it's probably just hard to get. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, basically video has a copy, we so do, come rent it. Uh, so what about, you got another one uh, that you want to talk about? Yeah, I'm going to go for um, Ravenous next, mm. uh, Antonia Bird's yes. film, which I mean, probably a lot of people know A lot know of people about. know, yeah. Um, Scream Factory Scream did a special Factory edition a really recently. Nice, yeah, it's good. And it's a great cannibal horror movie from mm. the late 90s that kind of at the time <laughs> sort of flew under the radar. I was disappointed know? the first time I saw it only because they're like, when I eat human meat, I gain superpowers. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. It doesn't go, yeah. yeah. But it's really funny. Has, again, a great yeah, score. has a great sense of humor. Yeah. Um, Did it. And unfortunately, every, she passed away a few years after yeah, Ravenous. I know, I know. And I, she didn't even get to, I feel like, live through the kind of rediscovery exactly, of the film, yeah, which is a real bummer. Because I remember for year before Screen Factory put it out and before people started talking about it, it was kind of just available. I had a DVD of it. Mm-hmm. It was like a really crappy DVD and it didn't seem like many people even really knew or cared yeah. about it. Yeah. So. Such a bummer. But it's got a great cast too, yeah. and they're all like going wild. In Ugh, it, so. They're all, yeah. yeah chewing the scenery David if you will. Yep. <laughs> so I want to recommend uh, a Roberta Finley film Roberta yeah. Finley if you've never heard of her uh, check out an episode we did on Important Cinema Club podcast she was a filmmaker who worked with her husband who was crazy Michael Finley very abusive yeah. but then she went out on, on her own directed a lot of hardcore pornography uh, really interesting stuff including A Woman's Torment which is her version of Repulsion there is an R-rated version on the Vinegar Syndrome yeah. disc um, I would have actually uh, recommended like a more pure horror film but you guys don't have them in stock you have them for sale I believe I know Prime Evil and lurkers vinegar syndrome put them on a double disc but i'm going to recommend tenement which is Mm -hmm. definitely a horror film it's her version of assault on precinct 13 um it takes place in a tenement building where a bunch of punks come in it is grim but it is great and like it's a movie where you're like i was looking at the running time i'm like are they are they gonna fight back are they not gonna um be able to get a victory and this one has been put out multiple times i believe you guys have the dvd yep it was also put Uh, out on blu-ray i think media blasters put out both versions yeah Yeah, we we had it for sale and rent yeah so roberta Finley is a filmmaker that I love, and a lot of her films are being released over yeah. time, like rediscovered, remastered. She, for a long time, like you could call where she worked. She works at like a sound studio. Oh, cool. And if you mentioned her film, she would hang up right away. Really? She just did not want to talk about wow. them. Yeah. But she's getting more involved. She's doing commentaries. And I That's think good. that we called the Important Cinema Club episode Roberta Finley thinks you're stupid for liking her films. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what else you got? Um, you have one here on the list that it's, I've never even heard about it South Korean? Oh, yeah, yeah. So Bluebeard. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with the Bluebeard legend or yes. anything. This is, I don't even know why. It's, I can't even remember why it's called Bluebeard. Yeah. But it's, uh, is there yeah. a man with a Bluebeard in it? <laughs> South Korean film from uh, a couple years ago from a director, Lee Soo-yoon, mm-hmm. um, who is really one. I mean, we always hear about this Korean new wave yeah. of filmmakers. you got Park yeah. Chan-wook and you've got Bong Joon-ho and everybody. Ryu Sin-won. Nobody ever talks about him. Director of City of yeah, Violence. Actually, no, of course. <laughs> I love that guy. But you don't really hear about, and even like with J-horror and Asian cinema yeah. in general, I don't hear about a ton of female directors. Mm. The, I'm sure there are more. I just No, South Korea does know. not have that many well, then uh, there you, yeah. women directors. And even with this one, I didn't even realize it was a female director. I just Yeah, because Lee assumed, uh, or Soo-yun would actually yeah, be Yeah, I just assumed name. it was a male director, but mm. it isn't. And she'd made a, a film or two before which I didn't think were quite as good. This yeah. is kind of the best one so far. I've never heard of this one. Yeah. So anytime I, I well, someone well, recommends a movie that I haven't yeah, heard well, about, well, I'm like, go check it out. USA, put it out ah, a couple years. And yeah. it just came like, oh, it's a perfunctory one. But mm. a lot of people were buying it at first. I'm like, okay, maybe there's yeah. something to this. 
And it's really interesting. It's a cool, like, sort of serial killer thing. It's a little bit similar to Kiyoshi Kurosawa's film Creepy from a couple years oh, ago. Oh, I didn't see Creepy. Is it Creepy like about, like, someone in an apartment ser- yeah, and yeah, it's something like weird going on? Yeah, a killer next door. Mm-hmm. That, or they might, they think yeah. it's a serial killer. It's sort of like that where this guy, like, lives above this family and he mm. thinks they're, like, maybe killing serial people. killer yeah. killing people, but he's not sure. Um, and it's really interesting to say more would kind of spoil it because there are twists yeah. and turns and I'm not sure the twists are necessarily the most original twists in the world mm. you've probably seen them before werewolves <laughs> yeah, vampires no I can say there's no werewolves or vampires in it damn it but um, it just is really handsomely made mm. really beautifully done um, South Korea like doesn't make ugly films no exactly yeah. um, and it does get and it doesn't shy away from the violence though it definitely gets bloody and violent mm-hmm. at a certain point and it's just a really cool movie from like yeah yeah, if you like Korean horror stuff and, like, who doesn't these days, it's definitely yeah. worth a look. I mean, does Korea, even, like, South Korea, they don't really make horror movies that much anymore. Yeah, I guess they're more... It's like know, Park Chan-wook, yeah. and there's, like, Bong Joon-ho, yeah. and that's pretty much like it. Yeah, art house filmmakers mm-hmm. now, right? All right, oh, we gotta, we gotta burn through these. We have okay, more. Yeah. Okay, this one you guys don't actually have, so I'm gonna do it really quick. Yeah, it's it. a Dark Angel The Ascent, uh, directed by Linda Hassani. This never appears on okay. any list. I don't even know what this No, is. it's a yeah. full moon film oh, uh, directed okay. by um, this director who only made, I think, one other film and it was like a real disposable one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dark Angel of the Ascent, I can only describe it as, they put it on Blu-ray so it looks immaculate. It's um, Splash meets Miss 45 (laughs) where a a demon escapes from hell and comes to Earth and doesn't know what's going on and falls in love with some man as she goes out every night murdering bad people Uh. at the same time. (laughs) It is, if you know Full Moon Productions, it is very, uh, I guess, threadbare. But it was written by Matthew Bright who um, worked at Full Moon for a while. He also did Freeway, Freeway 2, Confessions of a Trick Baby. Modern Vampires. So it has that kind of like weird angle to it. And it's one that people don't check out enough. Like you're going to have to go out and see it, but it never appears on any list. And I guess it's kind of fantasy-ish, but it's it's gory enough that it also falls within that kind of like horror template. Is it on DVD? It's on Blu-ray from Full Moon. Okay, so we could probably, you know what, I might bring that in then. So check back because we can get Full Moon stuff too. It has a terrible cover. And unfortunately its name is Dark Angel and there's a million things called Dark Angel. Yeah, Yeah. Is that the first season of the James Cameron? series uh so yeah um so we have two more new ones that we're gonna go through real fast okay uh, yeah, on my end, uh, another film that maybe a lot of people have already seen, but Revenge mm-hmm. from a couple years ago from Coralie Fargo. Oh, great. Played at Midnight Madness. Movie. Played at Midnight Madness. I saw it at Midnight Madness yeah. and it killed, killed Midnight Madness. Killed! I, I sat right across the row from a dude who literally had a seizure in the middle of it. Uh, wow. Uh, of how violent it got. That was a seizure uh, year because yeah, my pal was, was had a seizure as well during, oh no, that was maybe the year before Raw. Oh, and yeah, it wasn't yeah, because yeah. something violent was happening. It was just like, I think he was dehydrated yeah. and that was it. No, I think this was during the moment where, not to spoil much. A foot-related trauma. A very, yeah, there's some foot-related It's pretty trauma. funny, though. It's pretty funny, yeah. But anyways, um, you probably know yeah. already what it is, but it's a rape-revenge film, but yeah. it's done by a female director, yeah. which is obviously super rare in the mm-hmm. rape-revenge genre. I'm not a big rape-revenge fan. No, me neither. Fan. I if mean, someone says rape-revenge, I'm like, no, yeah. thank you. I mean, I but do, this one I is do great. like and appreciate yeah. the original I spit on your grave just because I I, I appreciate it yeah. a bit. Because what about the um, a sequel but, that recently came out that's two hours and change? Yeah, I, I spit that. on your grave, yeah, actually, deja vu. I, know, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> but um, but this one, Revenge, is, is fantastic. She yeah, definitely great. spins the rape-revenge yeah. story. Um from a way more feminist perspective the lead actress is badass and oh, she yeah. kicks so much ass and it's just silly enough that yeah, like that, has that, a good that heightened humor. style yeah, yeah. Right. and just hearing her talk about it after too it was so she's so like bubbly and yeah. bright and everything and um 
and she just like clearly had such a great time making this movie and you can like see and it comes off on screen and the climax is so much fun so satisfying everything about it it was it was like one of my favorite movies of that year it was one of my favorite movies of that year period so i really so i'm gonna recommend a film uh called the invitation i think most people have seen it if if you weren't around it maybe it fell under the radar karen kusama she also directed jennifer's body which i think is okay i wish i loved it as much i need to revisit it because i saw when it came out wasn't crazy about yeah. it, but I know it's got... I saw that one at Midnight Madness. It was oh, the okay. opening film, okay. I believe. I saw uh, Eon Flux, mm. Aeon Flux, which I really like, and Girl Fight, which I like as okay. well. But The Invitation is just like a perfect mood piece starring not Tom Hardy, yeah. uh, Logan Marshall <laughs> the Green. Yeah. Tom Hardy. The one who has the Jean-Claude Van Damme bump. That's how you can <laughs> yeah. tell them apart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just like a real creeping kind of dread movie. It is, And yeah. its payoff just delivers in a way that like a lot of these movies don't. Mm. So if you haven't seen The Invitation, I would highly recommend yeah, to check it out. Beautifully shot. Okay, so uh, as per usual, we didn't have that many titles and we're running a little bit long so yeah. <laughs> a bay street video uh come and visit where is yeah, it Mark? 1172 bay street bay and bloor yep. toronto open till midnight every yeah, night every that's night. when the ghosts come out yeah. oh wait before we go we actually have a contest yes. and we also have an offer to every listener listening yes. if you live in toronto if you unfortunately, live in toronto, yeah we're gonna try to figure out a way to do something similar but for now if you're in toronto if you come up to the uh, counter when you're renting something yep. and you're like, hey, I heard on the podcast I get a free rental if I say Shocktober. Yeah. You get a free you rental. You get a free rental. You get two a month yes. if you use it twice. Yeah. So come in and say Shocktober to yeah. us. What movies? Podcast. Is it any movie? or is It can it be j- any movie. Any yeah. movie. Wow. New releases. Yeah. Old ones. Yeah. Only yeah. two a month, though. Only two so a month. Yeah. Don't, don't you yeah. know. And you can we'll just, be watching. It okay. can be any variation <laughs> of like Shock. You could come up and be like, hey, Shocktober. Yeah, I know. Uh, maybe not. Because maybe a cl- <laughs> one of the person working is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> just if I get, uh, I hear I get, I'll get a free rental if I say Shocktober. Yep. You can say a child. I hate having to do stuff when you actually have to go see someone but just say that and yeah. uh, yep you get your free and you rental you have to have a rental account with us yes. but to, you know, to start up a rental account just bring a credit card and piece of ID yep, we'll get it. you all set up yeah. and that's it there's no cost or anything exactly so. yeah. perfect start buying start renting do it yeah and um, we also have uh, a contest uh, you know let's be honest no one claimed our Bruce Nobody Willis action pack Bruce, yeah, yeah. we were donated to another good cause I think so. <laughs> no, what a bummer yeah, but what a bummer. we have uh, two more movies that we're um, giving away as a con- do you yeah. want to do them together yeah or Let's do them separately. Separate, okay. So you know, say what you want, basically. Yeah. So we have a Blu-ray. <laughs> Someone's going to come and be like, I like this one. It's like, yeah. we don't got it. So Sorry, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> well, then you can have the other one. <laughs> yeah. We got a Blu-ray of Relaxer, the Joel Petraeus film. We, talked, we about talked about that about a few weeks, weeks ago. ago yeah. Which isn't super horror, but it's kind of weird. And yeah. Upbeat, so. Did you say it was the most disgusting movie you it saw that year? It was pretty disgusting. Yeah. So, but not in a way that you would think. Not like yeah. a blood and guts way. But okay. Yeah. Um, and then also we have a Blu-ray of Bob Clark's uh, Children Don't Play With Dead Things. Yeah, Bob Clark, Alan Ormsby, I believe, yeah, he directed yeah. both of them. Um, and yeah, that movie's super fun. People yeah. don't watch it enough. As long as you tell people, zombies don't show up until like exactly, the last right? like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Once you know that, you can just like <laughs> dig its regional vibe. Yeah. And is this the VCI Blu-ray? It is the VCI that Blu-ray. Great special edition, yeah, really tons great. of new stuff, yep. remastered picture. So yeah, just um, we're going to do like last time that uh, reply to the Twitter reply. or the Facebook. Yeah. Thread just be like, hey, um, do you guys still have children um, yeah. or a relaxer? And yep. we'll be like, yep, come and yep. pick it up in the store Done. if nobody Definitely. has. And, uh, or if you're just in the area and stop by and say, hey, I heard on the podcast. Yep, like you're listening to the podcast. If it hasn't been claimed already, it's all yours. Sweet. So that's the contest that we're doing uh, this week. And until next week, I'm Justin Clue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Thanks for listening. Thanks. These movies and many more are available at your local video store.